welcome to Random Gaming Toolkits, Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host, Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How's it going? It's going good. How's it going with you? Good, good. Very good, yes. Uh, so we are back for 2022. It's 25 days into the year. Uh, there is a particular reason that I've delayed the return of the show, uh, which I will talk about in a minute. Uh, I, I I bought a little something, <laughs> and somebody else bought a little something as well. So mm-hmm. uh, I guess we'll be talking about some purchases today. Uh, one of a couple of hundred pounds and one of a couple of billion. So um, yeah, that would be fun. Uh, but on your side, what have you been uh, playing, Robert? Over I guess the long Christmas Christmas break that we sort of took. Uh, I've been bouncing around a lot of things. Um, a friend of mine that streams has been playing Hades, which is part of Game Pass. It looked kind of fun. I uh, jumped into that a little bit. It's basically your normal roguelike uh, dodge, duck, dip, dash, dodge kind of attack mm-hmm. game, but it's got a Greek uh, uh, mythology background to it, so that's kind of fun. On the PC side, uh, Alpha 20 for Seven Days to Die came out. Completely revamped the game. It's a completely all new skins on all the zombies. Uh, they reskinned most of the textures and environments. Uh, they added a quest line um, that you get from the trader that you can only do at night, which does add a new dimension to it because at night all the zombies go feral. So they move super fast, they run at you, and they suck. A um, couple other games, you know, just been bouncing around this, that. Try anything on Game Pass. Uh, kind of taking a break from New World. Uh, that game's really cooled off for me. The player base has really dipped down. It's down to like 15% of the post-peak launch. So mm-hmm. it's really been kind of a thing. Hmm. Um, outside of that, just the normal stuff. You know, try this game. This just hit Game Pass. Try this. Uh, this just hit Game Pass on PC. Try that. Nothing really to jump home and uh, do a full-on review for. So just kind of one of those things. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, that's that sounds good. Uh, so for me, I've I've got quite a lot to talk about actually. Um, and I, I don't know how long it will take me to to do because I uh, not only need to talk about what I've been playing, which are some new games, a game that I finished. Uh, but I've got a new system to talk about because I do now have a PlayStation Five. Uh, for those of you that have listened to Geek Town, which came out a couple of hours ago, or if you've followed me on or the site on social media i've been talking about uh, my experiences of different things i've streamed a couple of games here and there i think you joined one of the streams the other day i can't remember which one it was because i have done a few different ones uh but um yeah, yeah that's that's been that's been great uh so yeah i do now have a playstation 5 it is a disc version because of course i do rent my games from boomerang still so getting a digital version would have been not completely useless but not very useful to the way that i play games um yeah it's awesome uh it's a lot uh smaller than i thought it was going to be actually that i i've had the i heard the comments over the last year about like all oh, this thing is is massive and people i've be i've watched like a few unboxing videos and everyone be saying like oh my god this thing's like really huge um i sort of took it out of the box and maybe i was just expecting it to be really really big i mean it's still quite big it the, the main thing that takes up most of the space for it is those you know those curvy bits at the top they really kind of like stick out but the way the light actually mm-hmm. shines uh like the blue or the the yellow light depending on what mode you've got it in 
uh, looks quite cool with that. So although the design is kind of clunky and pokey, it does look kind of cool with the lights. Um, so yeah, that's uh, pretty good. Uh, the system is really, really fast. <laughs> like really fast. And maybe it's just because I'm used to... Uh, my uh, PS4, which isn't my PS4, isn't even that old. I suppose just the software of the PS4 itself is really old. Um, I got a lot of really good things to say about haptic feedback. I've already kind of done that here and there, but I want to do kind of a full discussion on that. Uh, finish Ratchet and Clank. I'm going to save all my thoughts on Ratchet and Clank because I've already uh, done the review. Um, but a great game, really good to have Ratchet back and everything, so that was good. Uh, but I won't get too much into that because um, I've got other things to talk about as well but if you want to hear what I thought fully of Ratchet and Clank I did do a review where I broke down all the sort of haptic feedback stuff that was going on and everything uh, the system's great to use um, I really really like the menu music it's really got a really nice sort of a ambience to it um, and although I liked my Last of Us 2 theme with the PS4 I really do like the sort of themed music but sometimes when you highlight over certain games it will play like a themed piece of music from there uh, so that's that's kind of cool um saving videos and stuff is really easy streaming is really easy but basically the same type of stuff it's just cleaner and quicker and just better overall uh controller's a little bit bigger than what i thought it took because i do have hands on the somewhat smaller side i've sort of adjusted now to it and gotten more used to it i knew it would just be kind of a learning curve for that so that was good. Um, charges well and everything. That that works pretty much the exact same way with the USB-C cable this this time. Uh, so that's good. Um, yeah, the haptic feedback stuff is really what I want to kind of focus on. Because, yeah, system's great. It's very, very fast. Uh, load times are really, really quick. Uh, but that's all. All that is kind of like standard stuff to be expected, I think. And that was what was boasted about the the system before it came out is like this whole ssd thing and it's really quick and it really is um so that's that's great uh this haptic feedback stuff um is really kind of um so sometimes you get some really really cool stuff sometimes you get some somewhat standard vibrations and it depends on the developer and the game and what the developer has chosen to put in so from now onwards when I'm playing like a third party game so when I'm playing like Call of Duty I'm not really expecting much like obviously controller vibrations here and there but if it's a third party game I know obviously they've got to develop it for PC and Xbox so that takes away some dev time so when you've got first party games like uh, Demon Souls and Ratchet and Clank and Returnal um, they're able to focus more on that kind of stuff because it's integrated with the system. Um, probably the most impressive bit of haptic feedback that I had was actually in the... There's been a few different scenarios, but one of which was uh, in the intro cutscene to Returnal, which I played about an hour or so of. I do really like, but I'm going to like shelf it for now. Um, I'm trying to sort of organise what I'm playing at the moment because Dying Light 2 is coming out next week so I had to sort of just shelf um, Returnal for, for a minute. Uh, I like it though, I think it's it's, it's a great game. Uh, and like you could feel different things when the, the ship that uh, I think her name's Astra, I, I think the main character's name is, um, when she's in the ship and everything and um, like it's bumping around and stuff and you can feel it all and then the controllers. Uh, as I kind of said on Geek Town... The problem with me sitting here and explaining <clears throat> what haptic feedback is like 
you can like listen to me explain what it's like but until you hold the controller and go oh okay that's how that fits in with that and this character's doing something so you can feel this or you're using this gun or you're walking across this surface so you can feel this and that until like the because some of our audience might have played ps5 some of them might not have i know that you haven't either um, but that's kind of the problem with explaining that. And no matter how many sort of dual sense or not dual sense haptic feedback videos I watched before I use the controller, it was sort of this sounds really cool, but I have no idea what it feels like. And even if you watch a video of somebody like holding a controller and you can hear the vibrations and stuff, you can't feel them. That's like the really specific point of it. Um, and I did like a, a video with my first haptic feedback. And then VR, you can talk about VR all day long. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, you can obviously see with uh, with VR how that sort of works. Um, so yeah, I did my first haptic feedback um, experience video. I booted up AstroBot because I knew that there was like a demo thing for it on there. So that was kind of my just reactions, I suppose, to feeling that for the first time and yeah it's just not something you're gonna quite get until you actually feel it because I, I know we're all kind of used to standard controller vibrations and things like that this is something very very different where it's very spe uh, specific tones specific parts of the controller um even just like the way the vibrations kind of feel like for example um i was playing the start of demon souls earlier and uh my character started walking through water and it felt like there was like water sort of in the controller but it was sort of mm -hmm. swishing around the water in the controller felt like it was swishing around in the same way that it was in the game which is a very very specific like that was a bit less of a vibration and some, something else that was sort of going on there I guess it's, it's a different tone of vibration um, but you got that stuff that's going on you've got standard kind of things like in Demon Souls, if I'm swinging my sword and it's hitting either an enemy or the wall or something, you can feel that in a particular way. Those are a bit more standard vibrations. You've got things like um, explosions as well, um, like in Ratchet and Clank when I was throwing the uh, shatter bomb, and you could feel that. That's a bit more of a standard vibration because we're used to kind of feeling big, you know, vibrations and uh, you know for uh, for like explosions in games and stuff like that. So, um, do you have any? questions about anything i guess uh not really um it's just one of those things that you physically have to have it yeah, yeah. in your hands to really do anything with it kind of like with vr you can talk all day about vr but until you have those goggles on your head it doesn't mm. really compute yeah i suppose the, the advantage there with vr is you can look up like i don't know my iron man vr let's play videos and you can at least see what it sort of looks like but then you know yeah until you've got the headset on and you're fully in there it's it, it's sort of a bit like that but um as i was saying to david yesterday as well um the, in terms of like game features this is one of the biggest advances we've had in a long long time because you don't get this sort of thing with pc you don't get it with xbox you definitely don't get it with switch um and i'm really really glad that sony's like decided to to do this because the future thing i can't wait to see is when you combine the ps5 with haptic feedback and with the uh, adaptive triggers with what psvr2 is going to be able to do when you start churning those sorts of games out you, you have a lot and like combining that with 3d audio and stuff which is cool um 
that's something I that's like the next thing I can't wait to see because the first thing was sort of like what is this haptic feedback thing going to be like and the adaptive triggers and stuff um and now that I've experienced that the next thing like technology wise I'm looking forward to is seeing how you work that into like if you're going to do PlayStation exclusive games like if when you're going to do Moss 2 or, or whatever um what's that because that's like a multi sort of experience thing like are they going to put any haptic feedback in the vr2 controllers or any adaptive trigger stuff um we'll have to have to wait and see obviously they're doing new ones for that as well um but uh, no it, it's it's pretty incredible and um i i do think that there there is options i think in them in the playstation's menus to like switch it off i think i don't know why you'd want to do that but if if you wanted to it's there the other thing to talk about as well is uh the, the the adaptive triggers and they've done quite a smart thing where they've turned one button basically or two i suppose with the two triggers into multiple buttons so like there's a thing with the blaster gun in ratchet and clank where if you hold the trigger down halfway clank does these like slower shots it's basically like you doing single shots but you're holding it down so that he's doing it continuously and then you pull the trigger all the way down and there is a bit of like tenseness there there's a bit of like strain well not strain there's the thing gets a bit more tense and then you pull the thing down all the way and he starts doing this like multi-fire sort of thing um and that happened with like other guns in in ratchet and clank as well um one thing they do with uh returnal is if you hold the uh l2 button halfway down you get the typical um aiming in with the reticle thing and then if you want to unlock this other thing you pull l2 all the way down and you unlock this different um firing mode sort of thing and then you combine that with like using r2 for shooting and that's all tied into haptic feedback and the adaptive triggers and stuff um one thing david was mentioning to me which is about um pulling bow and arrow strings like you get the tension of that i've not um been able to use that yet i know that that's in i'm pretty sure that's in that kenya bridge of spirits because she uses a bow and arrow and that will probably be in horizon what's it called forbidden is it forbidden west yeah forbidden west yeah the, uh, the the new one coming out i did see there was a video for that out today by the way i didn't get a chance to watch it so i won't be talking about that because i haven't seen it um but i haven't like none of the ratchet and clank weapons had that and nothing from any other game i've played has had that so far so i'm looking forward to seeing kind of what that's like but you know, I'll probably play Kenya some point soon, and then obviously Horizon uh, next month. Or maybe maybe there'll be like a bow and arrow weapon in Dying Light. But again, with the with the Dying Light thing, because that's a third party game, there might not even be any haptic feedback. So, but I, in the back of my mind, I'm sort of accepting that anyway. That okay, when I do play third party games, there might not be any of this stuff. There might still be controller vibrations and things, but um it's just going to be a bit different for uh for that kind of stuff so i'm i'm really really impressed with with it and especially how sometimes the haptic feedback ties in with the adaptive triggers with certain things here and there and you can like the different things that you can feel as well like when clank or rivet is walking along like metal surfaces you can feel these little heavy footsteps in the controller or when you're doing rail grinding you you can feel like the scrape of the rail against their boots I, I i guess uh which is cool it's just these li- these little touches that just to me at least made that experience so much more uh immersive as well so um plus with obviously yeah you know great graphics and, and stuff like that so 
That's cool. Um, speaking of the other games I've actually played, uh, I'm not going to talk about Ratchet and Clank, like I said, because I've already reviewed it. Um, I did play, I've just played about an hour or so of Demon Souls, and I like it so far, whether or not I'll finish it, because it is one of the Soulsborne sort of games, uh, and obviously they can get very difficult, but I am, I'm quite enjoying my time with that so far. I got into a sort of like good rhythm with it earlier. Um, so we'll see how that kind of goes and everything. Um, what was the other thing that I played? Yeah, Returnal. Returnal, yep, looks very good and everything. Um, but I need to put that to the side for now because I'm trying to reserve a spot for Dying Light 2 next week. Um, but not not a ton to talk about from those two games. I only sort of dipped into them for about an hour each. Um, but out of... Uh, so, Robert, for you. So, out of Ratchet, Demon Souls, and... What was the other one I mentioned? Returnal. Uh, have any of those sort of caught your interest at all? Um, I mean, really, Ratchet's the only one, just because I'm not a Demon Soul player's game. I haven't played any of those games. That game style doesn't really appeal to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Returnal, I mean, it's a roguelike. It's a very good-looking roguelike, but essentially it's a roguelike. And outside of it being a, a third-person game, it doesn't really look like there's much to it outside of maybe the story. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't want to get into that because... I'd rather not have that story spoiled if there is a good story to it. So Ratchet would kind of be the only one. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, they all look like they got pretty uh, good stories. Ratchet's obviously on the more family-friendly, uh, fun side of things. Um, yeah, like I said, for, for Demon Souls, I don't know if I'll finish it all. I just wanted to give it a try because it's got cool haptic feedback stuff and because I just wanted to, to just try it out. So, um, so we'll see how that goes. That's going to be, honestly, that's going to be... If I if I look at a game series that I don't have particular interest in or don't really follow, so like the Demon Souls games, if a developer mentions like, "Oh, we're going to include this haptic feedback," then I'll start actually like listening. Like that's good. for for this generation going forward. That's going to be to me as a, a selling point. Um, obviously, it depends what the game is exactly, but that will give devs to me at least for people maybe that are in the same boat as me a more chance for a dev to pull me into the game so an example right let's say with is it Gran Turismo 7 that's coming out this year I think um so I'm not really a car person I haven't really played any Forza games if I'm going to do any driving it's going to be in other games so like Grand Theft Auto or, or whatever um but if they mention like haptic feedback stuff with Gran Turismo 7 so maybe like you know the 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 tent, intense driving or, or whatever it could be um I will again pay pay attention I'll, I'll pay interest because that's something that I just think is a really really cool feature uh and maybe if you could do something with adaptive triggers there that would be great as well but i'm uh, i'm listening out for those sorts of things because that's going to be really really fun again mostly with first party games but uh that's pretty cool although it did get some uh newer vibrations with uh cod modern warfare than i than i did with uh the ps4 controller which is even stranger because that game came out before the playstation 5 even came out itself so uh that was that's that's sort of been interesting so um anyway i think that's everything to cover for now i'll uh um i i wanted to basically delay the show because i wanted the return episode to be uh me talking about the ps5 and stuff and uh i knew it wasn't going to be like closer to the start of the year so there we go um yeah talked about all the three games i played reviewed one of them talked about the system haptic feedback and stuff um 
Maybe at some point I'll review the controller and or the system. That would make sense for me to do, I suppose. But I want to play some more games first. I've only really fully played one and then played an hour of like two others. So uh, once I play some more, so maybe in, I don't know, a month or something, once I've played some more games, um, I'll uh, talk about the system more. Uh, but no, it's, it seems very, very good so far. Uh, Alright, let's get into a bit of housekeeping, and then we got a bit of news to talk about. So we'll see you for all that in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both, depending on the occasion, we can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you extra. You can find the link to our Amazon affiliate link in your show notes. The second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link. If you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice, you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes. They also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up, Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film And we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, a couple of episodes or an episode I did today was talking about uh, what I want from 2022's Call of Duty. It's supposed to possibly be another Modern Warfare game that's not been confirmed. That's why I just said 2022's Call of Duty. Uh, Seven things I listed that I would want to see uh, in the game. Basically like improvements from 2019's Modern Warfare game. Uh, So you can listen to that. Obviously there's no spoilers for anything because it's talking about a game that's upcoming. Uh, so that was uh, very, very good to do, obviously with the Activision acquisition as well. Uh, that's going to play a bit of a part, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, speaking of reviews that I mentioned, must-play review for Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, which I mentioned a minute ago. It is a spoiler-free review, so if you've not played Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, you can listen to all of that as well if you'd like to, to get more of my thoughts on that. Um, I checked out a couple of more DC episodes for some things. So I checked out, uh, I did an episode 1 review for Peacemaker. Um, which has got, it's got spoilers for the Suicide Squad in the first half of the episode, so like the follow-up stuff, and then spoilers for the actual episode in the second half, so listen to whatever way you want to do that with that. Um, so that was, uh, interesting to watch, uh, and then I watched the second episode of, um, 
Naomi, which is the newest, uh, that's a CW uh, superhero show. It's not Arrowverse yet or anything like that, but uh, that's the second episode of the new Naomi series, which I reviewed. Uh, Man United have continued playing football as well, of course. Uh, beats West Ham by one goal to nil. Marcus Rashford with a very, very late winning goal, but uh, it all worked out in the end, and he's doing very well as an impact sub because he's done it twice now, which has been very, very good. Uh, there is no football this week or this weekend. There's a winter break for some unknown reason, even though loads of teams have got games in hand because of COVID and whatnot. But, uh, hey, why not take a one-week winter break for no particular reason? Uh, so there's no football until next Friday, which is the 4th, I think, and we play Middlesbrough in the FA Cup. I will, however, on Monday night, once the transfer window closes, I'll talk about what we did or basically didn't do in the uh, January transfer window. There's There's been a bit of activity, hopefully some more. We definitely need a midfielder, like really, really need a midfielder. But um, I'll be talking about what we did and didn't do in the transfer window on Monday. So that's going to be the next United Cast episode. And then, of course, the review for the game on next week, Friday. So look out for that. We also beat Brentford by three goals to one. Uh, Anthony Langer scoring a very, very good goal. Uh, he's made a big impact in the team. So that's been very, very good. Uh, classic reviews are still continuing. We're already um, six episodes into season five. There will be the um, seventh episode tomorrow. This one is for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is the first film that was made for that uh, little franchise. Uh, it's the 1990 version. Um, and from what I understand, it's the most beloved version and it's the most liked version uh you've seen that haven't you mm-hmm. yeah do you like it yeah i like the fact that it's uh mostly animatronics so yeah, you don't yeah. get that crazy uncanny valley look with some of the cgi <laughs> yeah yeah a uh, really really good film so i checked that out uh month of positive creators is still continuing the fifth and final episode of that series will be out tomorrow not the final episode the last episode for this year or the series will be back next year as well uh sticking to the theme of asmr artists and this one's talking about taylor uh who's called asmr darling on youtube so you can hear me talk about her i've done four episodes of that series so far uh for this year and there's of course last year's season or series as well for that uh, over on the united cast other episodes that i've done is talking about man united's wage bill and structure going through every player in the team the ones that are currently playing there's some players on loan and things like that and looking at who earns what money per week uh, it's quite scary how much we're paying certain players uh, we've got like the third highest wage bill in europe i think and uh could, could do with some cut downs on some spending certainly um, <clears throat> but mainly got into that because it's one of the biggest problems within the club, the way that that wage bill is sort of structured. Uh, talking about who's earning their money, who's not, and who's just wasting time with, with that kind of stuff. So there's that. Uh, did a must-see review for Wentworth Prison, and I called it TV's best prison show. So for me, better than Prison Break and Orange is New Black, which are the two sort of popular ones. That's a spoiler-free recommendation type of review as well. If you're in the UK... You can watch uh, Wentworth Prison on Amazon Prime in the UK. Um, have you heard of that series at all? Have you seen where it is in the US? Uh, I think it's on Amazon Prime, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay, cool. So uh, that's that for Wentworth Prison. And that's pretty much everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org. You can find us as well on your favorite podcast platform by searching for Entertainment Talk. All right, let's get into some news.
Alright, so the big, big, big story from, well, last week, technically. Um, I did think about bringing the show back a little bit early, but I thought we could save it anyway. Um, Xbox slash Microsoft, I guess we're saying Microsoft in this situation, has acquired Activision Blizzard for $68 billion. Uh, a couple of, couple of quid, a couple of dollars, I suppose. Um, in which I understand is the biggest acquisition in gaming history. Uh, they did previously purchase, was it, I think it's called Zenimax, isn't it, for Bethesda? Mm-hmm. For, that was four billion? No, that was seven. eight billion, wasn't it? Yeah, seven, yeah, seven billion. Point something billion, yeah. Uh, which is the price of Star Wars and Marvel put together, basically. Which uh, So there's that. Um, before we dig into our thoughts and everything like that, we've got... Um, uh, we've got... A question about this and we've also got uh, the franchises so let me just go through the franchise uh, well I'll do we'll go through the franchises first that this includes and then we'll get into Harrison's question and then just take it from there because I'm sure there's going to be a lot to discuss here so Activision franchises this includes Call of Duty Guitar Hero Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Crash Bandicoot and Spyro for Blizzard franchises this includes Warcraft uh, Starcraft Overwatch Diablo, Hearthstone, Heroes of the Storm, and then one franchise from King, which is Candy Crush, or King's major franchises, is Candy Crush, and then major uh, acquired studios, you've got Blizzard Entertainment, King, Infinity Ward, Sledgehammer, Games, Treyarch, Raven, Toys for Bob, Demonware, High Moon, and Beanux, or Beanux uh, Studios. So, a lot of things there. Certainly a, a lot of franchises, and we can talk about them individually in a moment. But let's jump to Harrison's question here first. He says, Hey lads, hope you had, hope you enjoyed the break, and I'm looking forward to the return of RGT. Which franchises do you care about from Activision, and what do you want to happen to them? Um, well, I won't, I won't get too much into the Call of Duty stuff, because I did break that down Um on the Call of Duty episode, although I do have a few other things to say about the uh, PlayStation and sales side of that kind of thing. Um, Robert, I hand it to you first. What do you think of the acquisition? What, what do you think about the the IP that they've got? Which ones do you kind of care about, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. What do you think? Uh, so many, many things. First, mm. uh, before we really get into that, I wanted to read part of the very, very long uh, statement that Phil, Sp- uh, Phil Spencer okay. issued. Um, it's it's a good ten paragraphs. So I don't want to get too much into it, um, but I just want to um, go into this one section here that I was talking about. Uh, but that uh, I think is the important part. Let me just find it here in the. Uh... Yeah. So um, this is about halfway through. Uh, we expect this acquisition to close in fiscal year 2023. So obviously with all the regulations for antitrust, monopoly, things like that, this is not going to be an immediate thing. Nope. Once the acquisition is completed, the Activision business blizzard will report to me. In the meantime, we know you have mm-hmm. a lot of questions. The gaming leadership team and I look forward to answering as many as we can in our next monthly gaming update on January 26th, which is tomorrow. You can submit your questions now anonymously or post them on our team Xbox Yammer. I don't know what Yammer is. Uh, Please, yeah. Please also refresh our corporate social media guidelines. As mentioned before, I am now CEO Microsoft Gaming. 
And the only thing at the end of that is, bitch, um, this change <laughs> is a reflection of the incredible work each of you are doing to create the best entertainment ecosystem anywhere. As a leadership team, we now we know how much exciting but difficult work we have ahead of us. So it, it is crucial that we operate as a single unified team. To that end, I to that end, I am ready to announce effective today that Jarrett West, CMO of gaming, and his marketing team will move from Chris uh, Capalesa's organization to report directly to me. Jarrett will continue to be a member of Chris's team leader and leverage critical parts of Microsoft's marketing muscle, including communications, media, and consumer sales. So he goes on for a few things, uh, talks about a couple other things in this this press announcement. Basically, the whole vibe of it is, I'm in charge now, deal with it. And there's been a lot of talk of that on both sides, and I'm of a mixed opinion of it. Um, On the one hand, consolidation happens. It's something people complain about. It just happens. Um, There is always the fear that it'll become monopolistic, that games will get locked out of consoles. But I personally don't think that's really going to be that much of an issue because... Microsoft has been acquiring studios for years, and outside of the big Bethesda one, they've never really gone out of their way to lock anybody out of an IP if it wasn't already locked out. Um, you got to remember that Blizzard bought Mojang for $3 billion before the Switch came out, and you can play Minecraft on Switch, so they didn't you know, keep it from being on that. After the purchase, they didn't... Uh, delete it off of PlayStation like uh, PlayStation did with PT um, after that whole fiasco. And then you go into other interviews that he did. Um, He did an interview with the Washington Post. He says, I was looking at the IP list. I mean, let's go. King's Quest, Guitar Hero. I should know this, but I think they've got Hexen. And I've been trying to find a full list of dormant IPs that... uh, are part of that sale, but he says King's Quest, um, that's part of uh, Sierra Gaming, which has so many games and so many uh, IPs that haven't done anything in literal decades. I mean, hell, the last King's Quest game came out before you were born. Um, (laughs) My hope for this is that the IPs that haven't done anything in a while and the studios that get shuffled off to do grunt work can actually make a game they like. I mean, look at the Tony Hawk 1 and 2 um, remaster. Treyarch did it. It was an awesome game. And now they're making Call of Duty maps. There's at least three other studios that either did a remake or a remaster for a game. And the game, I mean, it didn't sell 50 million copies because what game does. But, you know, they had moderate success. They did great things. And now they're making Call of Duty maps. So my big hope is that some of these dead IPs that even in other interviews, Phil Spencer says these are games that I grew up on as a kid and I love that they'll get another chance. Um, Star Control is part of that thing. I'm kind of going through the list. Um, And Microsoft does have a history for this. Um, They brought back Age of Empire. Uh, maybe we'll finally get to play uh, StarCraft Ghost. Maybe that'll 
happen someday. Um, but I mean, you could spend a month going through games that were purchased either by Blizzard or Activision, either through the IP directly or th- through uh, um, studio purchases, things like that. Nothing ever happens with them. Um, I don't know that that'll happen. Obviously, I'm not in the boardroom as much as I would love to be on some of those uh, conversations. I would love to be a fly on some of those walls. (laughs) Um, But there's there's several things you can say about it. Uh, The one thing, some things you can't say, is you can't say that Phil Spencer doesn't care about the gamers. Because pretty much since he took over the Xbox brand, everything he's done has been for the gamers. Uh, you can't say that he's not a gamer himself. I mean, very clearly. You don't bring up Space Quest to the Wall Street Journal <laughs> if you're not a gamer. That's that's that that's going that's like my age going deep <laughs> with games. Um and yeah, some people are complaining that Microsoft's trying to be monolistic. Um, but that that purchase, even with that seventy billion dollars, moves them into third behind Tencent and Sony. Um, it's definitely a big acquisition, and it's definitely a big move up for them. Um, but they're not a monopoly. Mm. They're never going to be able to buy Sony. They're sure as hell never going to be able to buy Tencent. Um, even Microsoft can't compete with that kind of money. Mm. Yeah. Um, so my just like base thoughts on this, uh, my, my thoughts really are focused more on Crash Bandicoot and... Call of Duty, because those are the two things I really care about. I mean, Spyro, I'll maybe play the remaster again one day, but that's sort of, he's sort of like a bit lower on my list. Um, but yeah, my main focuses really are on those, because yeah, I used to play like Overwatch and stuff. I'm never going to play things like Warcraft, Starcraft, Diablo, Hearthstone, Heroes of the Storm. I'm probably never going to play those things. Uh, things like Candy Crush, my mum and dad play them, but I probably am never going to do that. Because um, I've really just completely moved away from mobile gaming. I mean, for me, like, when I'm on my phone, it's usually to either do promotion stuff for entertainment talk or, like, check out news or listen to podcasts or whatever, that that kind of thing, or just be on social media. Um, but one one of the things, I mean, apart from getting Bobby, is it Ko- Kochik? out the ceo apart yeah from, apart from um, getting him out which is the the more obvious sort of like can we do this asap uh which is the the more obvious kind of thing um what i want to happen is when he bobby made the decision of which uh which devs was it um when he said hey toys for bob and um what's the other ones vicarious visions when uh you've done like really great work with crash and spyro now you're not going to do that anymore uh you also remake one of you remade tony hawk you're not going to do that anymore and we're going to stick you on call of duty and i remember that news came out just after crash bandicoot 4 had been released and the whole crash bandicoot you know fan base myself included were like huh that doesn't make any sense and then obviously some of those who didn't play Call of Duty were like, oh, why does COD need so many developers? And then I was thinking the same thing. And as somebody who plays both COD and Crash Bandicoot games, I was... Because uh, I then looked at... Um, I, I mentioned this a long time ago, but there's now nine developers on the Call of Duty series. You don't need that many developers on COD. But essentially what happened was... And this was another big kind of corporate level mistake thing, where... 
they thought, okay, this Warzone thing, which is our money maker, what we're going to do is we're going to force players to install that with Call of Duty, which will take up like another 100 gig, because that's like half the space of the game. And what we're going to do is when you boot up any of those COD games, uh, so Modern Warfare, Cold War, Vanguard, or Warzone, we're going to give you this menu that's got all four games on it, and all of the code is tied together in this ridiculous way. And then if, like... Basically, if we update one of these games, so currently Vanguard is getting obviously the most updates, it might break something in the other games because we're trying to, like, get our gamers to play everything. But then you put nine developers on doing that, and it's ended up breaking Modern Warfare in certain parts, but then fixing it later. Um, it's like, can we avoid doing stupid things like that in in the future? And, like... How did you end up getting to a point where you made those mistakes after you'd moved two or three other support studios? But then I think for mainly for Toys for Bob and Vicarious Visions, um, and, may, and a little bit with Beanox as well, of like, okay, why are you taking these studios away from um, two games, uh, sorry, four, five games that were well received? So you had the Crash Bandicoot Remastered Trilogy, well received. Crash Team Racing re- Remastered um, game, well received. Crash Bandicoot 4 came out, well received. Uh, Spyro Reignited Trilogy, Trilogy comes out, well received. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remake comes out, well received. So all of those five games did really well, and then they said to those two dev teams, oh no, we're going to take you off of those games, and hey, Vicarious Visions, you're going to be stuck on Blizzard games, which is like an entirely different thing f- to work on, like... Um, what's the Blizzard ones that we've got, like Warcraft, Diablo, and Overwatch, which makes no sense. So what I'm hoping is once this takeover happens, is they'll go, hey, which games do you want to work on? And they'll probably say, we want to get back to Crash and Spyro and Tony Hawk. And then they'll, st- they'll stick them back on there. I just, that that's one of the, ch- apart from all, the, obviously, the, the sexual harassment stuff that we've talked about, I'm talking about, obviously, studio game assignment specific things. That's one thing that just made no sense. But what um, Bobby probably thought was, oh, Warzone makes us loads and loads of money. So these littler franchises like Tony Hawk, Spyro and Crash will take the the devs off of those games that he probably doesn't care about and stick them on the popular moneymaker thing. But it didn't, that strategy didn't work either. So that's, 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 what, that's the like big thing that I'm hoping that, that's happening. And obviously in terms of COD and Crash's future, in order for those two two things to f- thrive more, that change needs to, to happen. Because where you've got, um, what's the names, Treyarch, Sledgehammer, and Infinity Ward, which is like the three main devs, mm-hmm. just let those three thrive. And then I think you've got, um, it's either Beanox, or I think High Moon is, is one of the other ones. Th- there's two of the others, I think Beanox is one. Let them be support devs for those. So if you've got like Infinity Ward that's making a COD game, um, give them one or two of the other studios, so either Beanox or or High Moon, um, to support with with COD. Um, I mean, I know they're probably going to look at that and think, okay, we want to keep Warzone going, but we want to have a a COD game every year. I, I don't know what you do about. I mean, I don't really care about Warzone, but um, I'm just thinking in terms of what I would would like to to happen out of this. So yeah, I mean, my... with uh, with High Moon Studios, there are um, most of what they do is uh, 
Call of Duty as support. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there are some like really old games that are part of their archive that you know I would like to see back. Um, they did the two uh, Transformers games, uh, uh, Fall of Cybertron, Dark of the Moon. That was a pretty good one. War for Cybertron. That was decent. Um, they did the Forgotten About Born Conspiracy, which is a game based off the first movie, but they didn't use Matt Damon as the actor. But it was a really really good uh you know kind of an action game um so that one i wouldn't mind about uh coming back but yeah most of that high moon stuff is modern call of duty stuff Mm-hmm. yeah um but yeah they've t- basically what i'm saying the bottom line of what i'm saying is i guess they've got too many devs on one thing and the devs that you moved for no real reason off of crash and spyro i guess because they're these little games to to bobby probably mm-hmm. um and he probably didn't care about them uh and call of duty is the money maker so let's just smack all of our resources on that but it just that strategy didn't work anyway so yeah yeah and it's pretty much accepted that bobby Kotick is going to be gone once the acquisition um goes through and that's something that uh david and i talked on when i was on geek town the week prior because um we didn't talk on the podcast itself because it happened like an hour after we finished recording that news dropped and we were like damn we talked about that but yeah um He's pretty much gone, and obviously this is something that I cannot say with 100% certainty, but given the fact that there's a clause in his contract as uh, Activision CEO to where if there's a corporate change, meaning if Activision gets bought out, he gets a $270 million payout. He's not going to fight for his job. It's like, oh, what's that? Everybody hates me, and you want me out? Oh, look, it's time for my Learjet to finish get fueled up to fly me to my private island. See ya. Mm. On top of all the money he's already got. Yeah. 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 Which like I, I, I heard some stuff before about like Call of Duty bonuses and all this mm-hmm. all this money making stuff for him. But um yeah, at the end of the day with with in regards to Bobby, sure he's gonna be a rich person that's gonna be richer, but the important thing is to just get him out of that company and just um hit the, well, that's not the, the perk re- of him getting that well, that's about the only perk of him. Don't Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, um, it is like okay, not hitting the re- <clears throat> not hitting the reset button on Activision, but the refresh button because you do have some very good bases of things, but it's just being infected by him and what's what's been happening there, and the whole studio changes and sexual harassment stuff. So, getting him out and then just refreshing things, letting devs do what they want to do, and obviously getting rid of the hopefully toxic work environment. Um, so yeah, but uh, what what was you about to say? I was going to say probably the biggest benefit of getting him out is something that I talked with David about after the fact is that when you have those corporate buyouts like that, it's really easy to get a lot of people out. So he might be, you know, the well, most well-known name for it, but mm-hmm. I'm sure there's lots of other, there, yeah. yeah, lots of other people that are just as terrible. And then Microsoft can spend the next year taking inventory of who do we want to keep and who do we want to get out and just get rid of them. And like I said, Bobby's not going to fight it. It's like, what's this? Oh, I don't get associated with all this terrible stuff, and I get a quarter billion dollars? Uh, check, please. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things wrong in the world with in the entertainment industry with, like, contracts and stuff. <laughs> this is yeah. uh, this is one of those problems. Anyway, um, <clears throat> but yeah, that, that's my main takeaway in terms of the Crash COD stuff that I really 
care about. Um, in terms of the the monopoly money side, I mean, sure they spent sixty eight. I think that that's overpaying, but they obviously have assessed that themselves. Business wise, that's got nothing to do with my finances. But um, okay, sixty eight billion. I mean, it's all it's almost. I think it was seventy four billion that Disney paid for Fox, and that comes with a lot of IP, and I mean a a, a lot of of IP. And and there wasn't a couple nearly of channels as much as well. complaining about monopolies when uh, Disney bought that, or bought Star Wars, or bought all the other IPs they Marvel, now own. Yeah, Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they've they've done a very good job with them. So I think that's. Uh, the main takeaway that, that that kind of leads me on to my my next point was for me as long as we just get very good games out of this and i i very much i want to see how this goes in terms of the business competition because what we want as what uh, the way i look at it the what what we should want as consumers at the end of the day is obviously you know things like good workplaces for these people etc etc well paid equal pay all, all that kind of what should be normal stuff but I I want Microsoft and Sony to look at each other and think, okay, you're doing this, so I'm going to counter you with this. And then they're doing that, so you're going to counter them with that. And the main point I'm looking at with that is the, the games that they're going to be making, obviously. Now, for me, Sony, over the last five-plus years, has come out with just, in my opinion, better games than what Microsoft has. I mean, there's been Xbox games that I've enjoyed, certainly, but... Most of the first-party games that Sony's made, I think, have just been at least more consistent, if not a lot, you know, a lot better than than games that Xbox have have made. And that's maybe that's just because I've been more fans of those types of games. But then it's up to the studios and Xbox and Microsoft to, you know, do what they can do to pull more people in to enjoy their games. But what I'm hoping happens here with the whole, you know. They've got what Ninja Theory and Obsidian, and those are some recent purchases. And then obviously Bethesda and Activision and Blizzard. A lot of IP, a lot of studio, a lot of workforce, a lot of you know money and talent and all that sort of thing. So what I want to happen is these two titans of gaming consoles, PlayStation and Xbox, to start really fighting each other over who's going to make the better games and who's going to counter who to do what and how that how I would like that to work is where you've now got Xbox that's got another lot of IP and studios under them how can they use those studios and those IPs to make big blockbuster games better games because that's that's what we should really want at the end of the day um in terms of like the exclusivity thing from from this um I mean, we'll have to see how all this works out on the Xbox side of things. But um, I what what I want Sony and Microsoft, Sony and Xbox to basically do, or sorry, Sony and Microsoft to basically do, is say, hey, we've got this really good game. You want to play it, but you have to go over to our system to do that. And I think that they should both be doing that. And Sony's definitely done that over the last, you know, since like the PS4. Uh, has really sort of dominated with with that side of things of saying like hey we've got last of us we've got horizon we've got god of war you want to play those games you got to come over to us uh, it's the same way that streaming services work when the next trailer comes out for stranger things it's like hey you want to watch this new season of stranger things well you can't be on hbo you can't be on hulu you got to come to us at netflix um and i although some people don't like that type of thing i i do just in terms of the business competition side of it 
because I'm I'm fascinated by that and seeing you know trends and how businesses will follow certain trends like at the moment we've got a bunch of these fantasy shows coming out and uh and that that type of thing um the thing where that's going to be a bit different with xbox and microsoft as opposed to literally everybody else and i said this about the bethesda acquisition and i'm going to say the same thing here whether it's going to take a couple of years a couple of months i think all of these games are going to end up on playstation at certain points i think there could be certain games where you might get crash bandicoot 5 or something and they might say hey day one game pass or buy it for 60 dollars or whatever but it's only on xbox and you have to come over to us to do that but only for the first year in a year's time when everybody's played this game everybody's you know got that day one you know new game kind of thing from it playstation you get this in a year but hey if you want to play this game on day one you want to be in the conversation when this game comes out you got to come over to us at, at Xbox and at Game Pass. And hey, guess what? Game Pass is a dollar this month. And that's obviously one of their um, sort of selling point things. Um, yeah, and plus if they do it in a year, that's way faster than Sony's dragging their old IPs out begrudgingly. Um, mm-hmm. God of War hit Steam this week. That's four years old. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn hit Steam last year. That's four years old. The fastest turnaround was getting um, what was that uh, Kojima game? Death Stranding. I'm blanking, huh? Death Stranding. Death Stranding. Yeah, that came to PC, but that was still not at launch. So, I mean, Sony's putting games on PC. So, mm. I I sort of like what Sony's doing with that because it's sort of hey, Horizon's been out for like five years. Um, okay, if you didn't get it in 2017, oh, you can have it now kind of thing but saying like okay when the next horizon game comes out you want to play that day one you want to play it within the first three to five years you got to come over to us at playstation and i think xbox should do um in terms of pc should do the same thing um because i I know some people disagree with me but i think in terms of xbox specific games and playstation specific games like from the studios that they earn when we get the next uh, Crash game or the next Overwatch game or when we get what's other thing here like Hearthstone or something like that. Obviously Candy Crush is a different thing. That's a mobile game anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they should say, hey, do you want to, you wanna, you've only got a PlayStation, you haven't got a PC? Well, you're going to have to come over to us at, at Xbox because it just, it, it grows that business competition. And I, I just like to see how that goes because in terms, like... If they were going to come out with like a new Crash game, and they said, "Hey, this isn't going to be on PlayStation, but in three years or so, we're going to put it on PC," and obviously it doesn't work the same way because you've got the Game Pass Ultimate thing, so it's a different ecosystem. But that's what I think they should both be doing. Um, there is an anomaly here that I want to discuss as well um, in terms of one particular game. So Call of Duty, which has had like one game come out every year for the last what 15 years or so feels roughly. like yeah i th- i think i think since 2007 so i think that's 15 years um i think in terms of uh the business side of things i think call of duty is a bit of an anomaly where because call of duty is in the top 5 or the number 1 best selling game every single year i think it was number 2 or number 1 this year but it's consistently in the top 5 so it's a big money maker I think 
if Microsoft is looking at Call of Duty specifically, above all of the other games I've I've mentioned here and all the other studios and everything else, I think it makes more sense to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation and PC, like, you know, day one and keep it as a not exclusive. Because for them, surely they would look at Call of Duty and think, this thing makes so much money, it's the number one selling game, or not top five best selling game, basically every year. And on top of those, all those people that buy the games, there's the season passes and the battle passes and all the whatever it is that you can buy in Warzone. I know that's where they make their money, but I'm not tied into all that sort of stuff. So for me, if you if they turn around and say, okay, this whether it's PC or whatever, if they turn around and say, okay, this next COD game, probably not this year's one, maybe the maybe the one after that. If they turn around and say, okay, the next COD game is only on Xbox. What you're kind of doing there is just cutting your Call of Duty money in half. And to me that doesn't make as much sense. And I think Call of Duty is the only one that I would look at out of all those and say. This is a bit too much of a big money maker. Like this is a very very particular game. Um, and we should really keep this on PlayStation because it sells so much. I'd, I'd say the same thing about what, what's what's other really big. Like a GTA game. Like if GTA 6 came out and... Take Two Rockstar said, um, "Oh, this is only going to be like they made a deal with Xbox or something." I'm not saying get bought by Xbox. They made a deal with Xbox or something and said, "Oh, this is only going to be on um, Xbox for the first two years." Like you're losing too much in terms of sales with those bigger games like a Call of Duty or like a GTA, and obviously Call of Duty. Well, they did that with DLC for GTA Four back in the day. That was exclusive on. Right, uh, not not the game bit. itself though. I don't think so. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that that makes a bit more sense to do it that way. Um, so yeah, like you can still do the whole Game Pass day one. Like if you want to only come over to us and you want the game a lot cheaper, sure. Game day one Game Pass is a good way to to do that. But if you're still on PlayStation and we still want to make that sale, put it still on PlayStation. I think that that makes a lot of sense to uh to do that. Um, but I've talked a lot about their IP and that kind of thing. Um, is there any IP they've got that you want to sort of discuss the the future of? Uh, not off the top of my head, to be honest. It's there's so many IPs. Like I said, I'd forgotten about that Activision had bought at some time, absorbed and just threw on the shelf and like collect dust. There's probably like anything out of the Sierra collection has mm. been like so long it's due for a remaster. Um, there's so many games that you could go through in that in that group that uh, would be like, well, where's the next one of this? And we'll just have to see if that comes or not. Mm-hmm. That's one other thing I'm looking forward to. If if there's like forgotten Blizzard or Activision IP that can get bought back and res- so like a Guitar Hero or something, like I'd be open to. Heck, the haptic feedback you could get out of Guitar Hero <laughs> would be pretty awesome uh, if you could do that. Um, but uh, like Guitar Hero, I'd be open to. to to uh, Guitar Hero coming back. I can't remember the last time we, we got one of those. Um, yeah, and, I mean, it's possible we've... that that would come back, but the licensing on the music, oof, that would be a headache. Right, yeah, that's that's true, I suppose. Um, but yeah, that would be, because like you said, with Phil Spencer being the more friendly gamer type of person, it makes sense that he would look at, okay, full catalogue of things, what hasn't had a release for a long time, things like Guitar Hero would... Uh, would make sense for that and when you think about ceos of any of the gaming companies how many of them have been really both the face 
of the company and clearly into games. Right. Yeah. I mean, Reggie Fizeme is the only one that comes to mind, and then you know that's Nintendo. Mm. I mean, I couldn't even tell you who any of the CEOs for Sony are, and I own Sony stock, and of course I own Microsoft stock as well. Um, full disclosure on that, but I mean, Microsoft has always put it's whoever's in charge of Xbox or it's gaming front and center, whether it's, it's the good with Phil Spencer or the bad with Don Matrick. Mm. Yeah. No, I get what you mean totally about the, like, the personality side of things. Um, and Jim Ryan doesn't seem like remotely the same person as, as Phil. No disrespect to Jim Ryan, but he just, he's got a different type of like personality towards that. Um, and yeah, Reggie, Reggie very much feels the same in terms of like being the the more gamer sort of CEO, as opposed to maybe Jim Ryan. Um, I did prefer uh, what's his name, Sean Layden. I did prefer his sort of attitude towards things as well. So, uh, but we talked a bunch about the Activision stuff. Is there anything else you want to talk about with that? <clears throat> nope. Cool. All right, let's move on from that. Talk about something a lot smaller. Uh, I just wanted to touch upon this. I'm not going to like break down the whole thing, but there was a new trailer for the Lego Star Wars. I think it's called Skywalker Saga Collection uh, from TT Games. Uh, there was a story again about Crunch, but I'm not going to get into all of that. Uh, we've discussed Crunch before on the show, and if you want to ask us specific questions about it, you can you can do that. Uh, but they showed like a new sort of overhaul for the Lego stuff, and this very much feels like an evolved version of the the Lego games. There's some different combat stuff that you can do. It's not just sort of mashing square or X to just smash through everything, and then you collect stuff and then build things. This very much seems a little bit different. So I'm curious to see how this kind of works out. Uh, did you see this trailer at all? I did see the trailer. I've said a few times on the podcast that I'm not the biggest fan of those games and it's strictly because of the sheer amount of grind uh, grind getting the coins or the mm. whatever they call them yeah. to do all the unlocks and it's purely for the unlocks um, but i know they're they're really popular games they always sell really really well um, so if they're if you know people that love these games are getting a new one that's never a bad thing mm-hmm. cool so i look forward to seeing that when that comes out uh, <clears throat> bit of an update from if I what are my photos not work properly on this phone sometimes. Uh, we've got a update from Respawn, yes, from Respawn Entertainment, and they are talking about some Star Wars games, and it says we're excited to announce three, yes, three new Star Wars games officially in the works from Respawn Entertainment. Game director Stig. Asmussen, I might not have said that correctly, and his team are already at work on the next Star Wars Jedi game <clears throat> and new uh, FPS helmed by game director Peter Hirschman uh, is underway. Read more and pass on what you've learned. Um, so I didn't read, if there's like other information about this, because I, I don't know if there fully was, I didn't quite have time to check out all of that. I just got the base story here of <clears throat> uh, Respawn is working on some Star Wars games. I did see some uh, sadder reactions to this in terms of like Titanfall question mark because this is the dev mm-hmm. that's on Titanfall. I think they're doing Apex Legends as well. Um, So one of these was Respawn the one that did Jedi Fallen Order? I think they were, weren't they? They might have. Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it was under Respawn. Um, So probably one of these is Jedi Fallen Order 2. I, and that I, wouldn't I, be unexpected. I mean, that sure, game sold yeah. pretty well. Yeah, so that's that's probably one of them. 
Um, FPS, a first-person shooter. Uh, they've done the... I don't know what's going on with Battlefront. We did read out on this show some time ago that there was a cancelled uh, pitch or something like that for Battlefront 3. I don't know what the future of that f- little franchise is. Well, not little franchise. The the One of those franchises within Star Wars is going to be... Um, as I've said many times on the show, more Warner Brothers and Disney games is what I'm looking for. That includes things like Star Wars. And sure, show me what you've got. I did. I think we both very much enjoyed Jedi Fallen Order. It was kind of a more casual Dark Souls-esque approach, but with the Star Wars theme. I, yeah, uh, who I, knows? Maybe we'll get uh, Star Wars thirteen thirteen back. Ooh, yes, that would be good. Uh, yeah, some sort of bounty hunter game would be great, especially if it takes inspiration from like mandalorian and uh book of boba fett that would be that would be great um because i when, when i watch like whether it's boba fett or mandalorian when i watch them in action some part the gamer part of me is like this would be really cool to play um and they could take elements from um when you when you could play as boba fett in the battlefront 2 game some of that was like limited because you had like cooldowns for different things you could kind of take that same approach and do some cool bounty hunting stuff. And hey, maybe you could include like Baby Yoda and stuff. And you could fly around in your uh, spaceship thing. Um, whether it's going to be Boba Fett or Mandalorian or or new bounty hunter. Whatever the occasion is going to be. Uh, that would be great. Uh, or if that's a new game or Resurrection of Star Wars 1313. That would be great. Um, depends on obviously Lucasfilm and everything else. Uh, so the other game... Um, so what type of game would you want from Star Wars? Seeing as we've got three here on the table. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I mean, outside of Fallen Order 2, which I would play at some point, because even though it's very uh, um, Dark Souls inspired, it's not nearly as brutal as those games. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but outside of that, I honestly... Actually, now now that I think about it, like a a revamp of um the old school tie fighter game but for vr that's something that could really work well in vr yeah i did test out um is it squadrons it's called yeah mm-hmm. Star Wars squadrons that was <clears throat> very very difficult to play in vr in fact i couldn't play it it was just too all over the place it, it had some good ideas and the immersion of being like in vr in a TIE fighter thing, whatever you were flying, I can't remember now, uh, in a Star Wars spaceship mm-hmm. and like shooting in the galaxy and stuff. That was great, but when you've got something like that in VR, whether you're standing up or sitting down, preferably sitting down, it's yeah, that that's good. It'll take a bit to get used to. So if you could do something like that again, but make it less sort of uh, jarring to play, um, that's something I, as a VR player, that's something I would try. Uh, in terms of like racing games, so if you did like um, the pod racing, I don't really care about any of that, so I wouldn't really want that to happen. Uh, yeah, we're getting a Lego game, we're getting probably Jedi Fallen Order 2, first person shooter as well. Um, I think I just want a bounty hunter game, because we've, we've played plenty of like, of the, um, uh, you know, lightsaber with, with Jedi's games. I think it's time for the bounty hunters to maybe take some some focus from that. Uh, I tell you what would be really good now that I think about it. The best Star Wars game in my eyes, which is um, the Vader Immortal episodes, 
like literally the literally the idea of using a move controller as your lightsaber could you couldn't you can't do something more perfect than that because it just fits that perfectly and it it fits so well when you were doing lightsaber duels and stuff if you did something like that but more sort of fully realized because the episodes are about an hour each and not that i had any problems with that but if you take that idea and expand it more and you put more characters in there that'd be great um that would be pretty cool i don't know about like a first person vr bounty hunter game but that again could be a good idea but as i said before star wars is a galaxy full of characters it's not just the skywalker saga as proven by like um mandalorian and book of boba so there's lots and lots of things that you could do but uh, as i've always said my favorite type of game to play is third person action and there's lots that you could do with that but then i also do like first person games as well so there we go um we do have uh is it kotor the uh remaster Knights of the old republic remake. that's you know coming out on ps5 as a remake yeah um yeah. really good game mm. i i'm curious about that my my concern is playing the the pc version because you can buy it on steam it's like four bucks okay. versus the remake just because the person that made the remake that was in charge of it in terms of the writing and the direction openly hates knights of the old republic and openly slams it on her social media profiles and i'm always concerned when somebody who does not like a property takes over a property that's a pretty stupid thing to do the world's full of stupid i've given up <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm praying for the asteroid at this no but point. like why was that person hired if that's the case that's like if you, you know, said to somebody like hey do you hate do you hate uh marvel yeah they prefer dc all right go and work on a marvel film <laughs> like yeah yeah so you want somebody who's passionate about a project to work on the thing. So, yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on from Star Wars. Talk about The Walking Dead. Um, Saints and Sinners 2, which is called Retribution or something. Uh, which was a very, very good PSVR game um, when I played it. It had some <clears throat> issues here and there, but it was a very, very good um VR Walking Dead game, you know, to kind of immerse you in that world and do your basic zombie survival stuff, resource resource management, etc. Here's where things get a little bit strange. So this is from Push Square, and it says, Popular PSVR game The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners is getting a sequel. So remember that, remember I said sequel, and apparently it's an entirely new game. Well, that's not a sequel then, that's a reboot. <laughs> If you if you're gonna label something as a, and I don't know if Push Square specifically labeled it as that or if somebody quote was quoted of saying something like that I I don't specifically know, but if you're gonna word use the word sequel and then entirely new that's not a sequel that's something new sequel needs to have things like canon attached to it, uh where some sense of the story or characters is continued that's literally what a sequel is but anyway. I don't really mind if this is a sequel or a new version because there wasn't that many characters to kind of gravitate towards anyway. It was much more of a gameplay-focused kind of thing. Um, so it's called Walking Dead Saints and Sinners Retribution, and it's got CH2 listed next to it, which looks a bit like it's indicating Chapter 2. Obviously, it's, a, it's supposed to be Saints and Sinners 2 Retribution. Uh, way too early to tell if this is going to be good. Uh, the first one was good though, so I will, you know, trust the, uh, if it's the same studio, Skydance Interactive, uh, so I think it's the same studio. I believe that's Amy Henning's company. I remember when we read out before, I, I, I'm trying, I'm re remembering it now, now that we're talking about dev names, studio names. 
Uh, remember when we, do you remember when we talked about that Marvel game that was in development from Amy Henning? We don't know, like, which characters are involved and stuff. They mentioned mm-hmm. her, like, history, obviously, like, Uncharted, Last of Us. And then they mentioned Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, which was from them. So I think this is that same studio. So if she's got anything to do with this, that would be great as well. Uh, but it's too early to kind of tell, I guess, what I would want from this. But I suppose if I was to guess at a few things... Haptic feedback. Get get used to me on this show saying haptic feedback now because it's going to be happening a lot more. Uh, if you're doing VR stuff, uh, if this is going to be exclusive VR to PlayStation, I can't remember if... I think the old one, the other ones were on Oculus or something, but yeah, interested to see if they can do any haptic feedback stuff or, uh, you know, obviously 3D audio and um, uh, if you obviously you're immersed in the VR stuff. Uh, curious to see where they go with the characters and the story then, if it's going to be a new kind of thing or like a second chapter, um, which really is, is more sort of anthology if you're going to do it that way. Um, I know this isn't really kind of your, uh, thing necessarily, but, uh, what do you think of a potential, uh, zombie sequel here in VR? Uh, like I've said before, I don't own anything VR. I don't really have the space or equipment, um... To do anything VR, but uh, you know, it it's one of those genres that could work really well as long as the controls are good mm-hmm. and the gameplay is good itself. Um, it's one of those things that you know, there. I know you really like Saints and Sinners, mm. um, so if we get more of that, then uh, you know, it's not a bad thing. So cool, yeah. And yeah, when I saw this news pop up, I was like, oh, that's. I didn't really expect another game from this. Sometimes it's hard to gauge how certain games do, uh, especially with VR, like with Iron Man VR or something. I have no idea if we're ever going to get an Iron Man VR 2, just like with Saints and Sinners. I had no idea if we were going to get another one. But, um, yeah, we'll we'll see where this this goes. But I'm just curious in terms of features and things like that. And uh, how can you evolve? Because it was a decent, like, basic idea, but it wasn't bare bones like it had some some great ideas behind it but how do you whenever you've got something like that how do you take it and evolve it um and put new ideas and new features and stuff in so uh curious to see how that goes and it had like the cool comic book sort of style to it which was great um so that was good as well so yeah uh but we have no idea when that's going to come out obviously it's just been announced um probably i I guess this would maybe be a launch title possibly for PSVR 2 mm-hmm. frame sort of maybe fits with that. I mean, when when would you expect PlayStation VR 2? Uh, well, since you brought that up, this was something that I was going to transition to. Okay, um, cool. CES 2022 was a couple weeks ago, and mm-hmm. uh, Sony actually had a presence there. Uh, they announced their some new TVs, the Bravia XR Master Series, uh, 55-65 inch version. Um, but they did talk about PlayStation 2. Um, they didn't fully show the controls. They were more blurred out. But if you remember, like, the last time we talked about VR2 as a as a leak, it had kind of like this spherical thing to where your hands were inside the, fe- the spheres. Mm-hmm. Um, that was there as an image on CES. So more than likely that is going to be what they look like. Uh, they also talked about how it's going to get powered from a single uh, USB-C cable. So for the older PlayStation consoles, have that, that wonky multi-box setup. That's not going to be a thing anymore. 
Um, so obviously that's going to be a good thing. They didn't get into price, obviously, because it's nowhere near mm. ready to launch. Um, mm. But yeah, that, they, that, they that give box a bit... thing never really bothered me, but that's fine. So yeah, well, some people just don't like you know the aesthetics of it, but sure, um, sure. And then, like I said, obviously they didn't give out a price because they're not going to. Um, a few tech products did get prices, but not anything that anybody's going to be buying anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I hope it's no more than three hundred. Is that being too? No, no, because that's about what they are now. So you got to figure mm. new technology versus newer equipment versus cost versus you know trying to raise the install base. Three hundred sounds about fair for the course. Hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it depends what it launches with. We know we've got uh, Moss Two in the works. We know we've mm-hmm. got Saints and Sinners. They did announce a Horizon game. Uh, that was the teasers of all teasers. <laughs> it literally started. This long neck walks past and it cuts there. But I suppose it's probably early in development. They've got to get uh, Forbidden West out first. So um, maybe the, some of those will be launch titles. Um, I don't really want it this year. I know that sounds kind of strange, but um, you know you kind of need money for these things. <laughs> and I've ju- I've just bought the PS5 itself, so uh, uh, give me some give me some time, Sony. Um, if you want to slap this into like middle of next year, cool. Um, I wonder if it be I I think it'll either be late this year, so like a Christmas thing or spring ish next year maybe um what do you what do you guess yeah i would have to assume they're gonna want to wait until a they can have at least a moderately available stock and enough stock of people actively on the playstation 5 to warrant launching a 300 hundred dollar accessory that's the thing as well yeah um so we'll see how all that goes um yes lots of lots of really cool stuff discussed there so that's great uh what did you want to talk about this week robert uh well staying on with the the ces like i said a bunch of stuff came out that's really cool and you're never going to be able to afford it uh samsung came out with a uh freestanding projector uh basically looks like a giant coffee can um so it's a little platform you can tilt it rotate it around uh it's really cool looking it's very compact as uh projectors go um it's 900 so i'm not gonna buy it but you can pre-order it now if you want uh garmin came out with their next gen uh, smartwatch uh it's really cool really lightweight it's 500 not gonna be able to afford that uh tcl which is a television company released a 98 inch qled 8k tv um eight thousand dollars obviously not gonna be able to afford that um the big Outside of the Sony stuff, the really big stuff to come out of CDS is the uh, the amping up of the processor wars between Intel and AMD. Uh, AMD announced a Ryzen 9 5900HX processor-based laptop. So this is in pre-order right now. It's a 14-inch laptop. Uh, that processor, GeForce RTX 3070 graphics card. 16 gig memory, uh, solid state, one terabyte drive, $2,200. Obviously can't afford that. Um, some of the other things they did announce that are going to be more affordable 
is the uh, Radeon 6500 XT graphics card, uh, which is going to be able to do full 1080p games. Only $200 is a list price. Um, AMD RDNA 2 graphic architecture. And since it has a very low wattage drop, uh, the card does not require additional power plugs, which makes it an easy upgrade for older systems that are, you know, chugging along, but, you know, might need a, a bit more of a boost in the GPU department. Uh, they also announced the GeForce RTX 3050, um, which is going to be more of the higher end, not quite the 3080, 3090s, but at a price of 249 very respectable card for the price in terms of the processing power. Obviously, Intel released uh, a few new chips, both on the graphic side and the processor side. And both sides are obviously claiming that they're the fastest desktop gaming around as part of the PR speak. Mm. Um, It'd be funny if they said they were the slowest. <laughs> uh, you, you don't want this laptop, it's too slow. Don't give us don't give us lots of dollars. <laughs> I, I could see that as light trolling for each other because right. um, sometimes <laughs> the companies that know how to do it, but tongue-in-cheek wise... Um, and I know I've said this before on the podcast, but just follow Wendy's Twitter account. It's hilarious. Oh, I, I see things now and again. Yeah, it's pretty funny. But yeah, um, it'd be funny if like, let's say they were announcing like, oh, here's the PlayStation 5. Uh, oh, like, what can you tell us about the PS5? It's really, really slow or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, It'll yeah. hurt. It'll kill a zombie if you throw it at him. Sure. That's somewhat useful if that ever happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, like, you could take that. One of the but side you, plates you have to, off. You can go online to the. Uh... Yeah, you you could take one of the side plates yeah, off and probably an like cut its head off or something. Yeah, yeah. So. But yeah, the full breakdown of the events online. So if you're curious, like I am with tech, uh, just look that up and then you can go to it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. Uh, all right. What else do you want to talk about? Uh, well, the last thing that I got is another departure. Uh, YouTube's gaming top boss Ryan Wyatt is leaving the company to go join cryptocurrency company Polygon Studios, which that's got to be a different company because there's no way Polygon, the game-producing studios, is the same Polygon uh, cryptocurrency studio, but nothing I've seen really indicates a difference in that, and I haven't had really a chance to uh, Mm -hmm. dig into it and find the differences between the two. Isn't there a a Polygon that's like... A for website game, I for think. games news and stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I, yeah, so that that might be what's confusing me is there's the there's the Polygon website which I never go to anymore, right? Because uh, there's not really anything worth looking at on there. Mm. Just go to us. Um, <laughs> yeah, but Wyatt's got a uh, a deep history in games, even though I've literally never heard heard of him until I found this article. He was uh, a former executive at Major League Gaming. He joined Google in 2014 and has been the head of gaming at the company since, which I can't even remember. That's out great. <laughs> yeah, I can't even remember Google pushing games as, like, live stream on YouTube until, like, at least a couple of years ago, but maybe I'm just memory-holing it. Mm. Uh, in St- his announcement... Stadia's great. Stadia's great. Yeah, Stadia's awesome. Yeah, I play it all uh, the time. In his announcement, uh, he says, I will miss YouTube dearly, but it's time for me to pursue other endeavors in life and where my passions are taking me. I am fascinated by blockchain application development and beyond thrilled to enter the Web3 space. I do not know what he means by Web3. Neither do I. 
um, Stadia 2, I think, is. Unless he's talking about, like, Digital Earth, which is, like, this massive, massive Ponzi scheme going on right now. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, you know, people leave positions at certain points, sometimes for good reasons, sometimes for bad reasons, like with Mr. Bobby Kotich, Kotich, whatever his name is. I'll uh, just call him Bobby. Um, but then sometimes you just have people that bow out on either, on either medium terms or sometimes with good terms as well, which is uh, the good terms is what you want to see. You know, people just happily retiring or something like like, like a Reggie when he left uh, Nintendo in a very, very yeah. good state and was loved by people. That's what you uh, want to see. Or, you yeah. know, t- 2013, Sir Alex Ferguson retiring after winning the 13th, his 13th Premier League title. That's, uh, that's a pretty good memory. Um everything else after that's not very great but never mind uh but um yeah him when, when you mentioned like this guy's leaving and then you said google gaming and i was like oh okay uh and then i, I do remember some of that mlg stuff that you mentioned like the mm-hmm. logo the logo sort of popped into my head but i can't remember much else past that but um yeah if he's a good guy or whatever you know if he's if he's do, trying to do a good job and it's just not worked out with google then uh, hopefully he does well at wherever he ends up. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that works. Yeah, and out well. uh, just for clarification, when I said digital Earth, I was specifically talking about Earth Two, which is this concept that claims it's a game, which is not a game. Uh, it's a virtual digital world, one to one scale with Earth. So yeah. think like Google Earth, but you buy digital terrain and then you sell it on their digital marketplace, but from the word go, it's been plagued with a lot of not great things about it. Um, way, way too much to get into. If you're remotely curious, um, Upper Echelon Gaming YouTube channel has several videos about it and how most of it's just a giant Ponzi scheme scam. And one of their directors is recorded on a conference call talking about how he's going to sue somebody for talking bad about him. And another director has open, openly been convicted of fraud. So, not a good thing. Hmm. Right. Yeah. So, there we go. Uh, you said that was the last thing you had, I believe? Yep, that's that's all, all I've got. Cool. Cool. Uh, all right, let's move into... We talked about Harrison's question in regards to Activision. Uh, so, let's move on to our final point here, which is Casey's question. Uh, she says, typical question, but I'll ask it anyways. That's perfectly fine, as it's... Uh, the new year uh most anticipated game for 2022 question mark and the game to flop for this year so basically she's asking uh what is our most anticipated game for the year and which game do we think is not going to do so well uh my most anticipated game still for this year is hogwarts legacy if it does indeed come out this year still slated for this year so i'm still going to include it um a game that might flop so obviously it's got to be a bit more of a popular game that's going to people are going to notice that it's going to flop. Um, I was thinking a little bit more about... Uh, we, we talked about it when <clears throat> the, the uh, gameplay thing came out, but the Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. Uh, I've not thought about it a ton, but now that um, Casey here has brought this up... Um, yeah, I just... Uh, I look at like the Batman games... And although we, we've barely seen any of the Suicide Squad games, so it's a bit too early for me to judge, but the question's been asked, so I'm going to answer it. Um, I'm just not seeing the same kind of magic. And I look at sort of Rockstar's 
style of combat like the flipping over with batman and the all, all the great like how well that combat flows and stuff and i'm just wondering if that works for those same characters and i think harley quinn it will probably work out. i think she'll end up being the best one to play as that's just my guess and she's the one that i'm looking forward to playing as the most because <clears throat> she's my favorite character out of that bunch um but, I mean, even from things like, how does that title even work? Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Uh, how will the gameplay f- flow with sort of what looks to be more of a co-op thing? And then you've got characters that are just fundamentally kind of different to Batman. So how's that going to go? And then when we finally saw some snippets of gameplay, I just wasn't really that sort of impressed. And I trust Rockstar, sorry, Rocksteady. I trust Rockstar as well, but Rocksteady to make a good game. I just don't know how what I've seen so far with Batman translates to this. I'm just not seeing it. But then I'm not in the dev room. I'm not seeing what they're doing with this game. So, you know, if they, if they prove me wrong and the game's great, then good. I've enjoyed a good video game. But um, I'm just having issues connecting those dots in terms of how does this company that's done this great thing go and work on this, still within DC and everything, how does that kind of translate and sort of where you've got what is it captain boomerang king shark dead shot and harley quinn how are they they're all going to be probably a bit distinct if i was to guess i would say king shark would probably be more of like a brute type of character um dead shot obviously would be more focused on your sniping and stuff harley quinn i could see being more of a sort of uh, the, the closest there to the batman style and what i mean by that is she's probably the most agile out of the group um and sort of the quick fighting stuff i can see that working with her and captain boomerang i have no idea how that's going to go um but yeah that's that's the one i'm kind of looking at for a game that might not i don't know about like completely flop but the game the, the one game i'm looking at this year that's supposed to be a big popular impressive game that i have the biggest question mark over i suppose um because th- th- things like gotham knights i'm looking at that and thinking okay you you've they've done like bat family stuff before and i can see that sort of working and then with hogwarts legacy is kind of a a different fresh thing anyway um but hogwarts legacy i'm mainly interested in you know what can you do with the rpg mechanics what sort of spells can you do and again what type of haptic feedback can you put into the game um about these two things and what i've said here robert what do you what do you reckon uh, I think the Batman thing and the the, the Kill the Justice League is going to be the hardest to translate to mm-hmm. a game because you're talking about massively, massively overpowered characters that you have to intentionally depower just to give anybody a chance. And so that might not translate well in terms of gameplay. Mm. Yeah. Um, but what, what do you what do you think in terms of Suicide Squad? Do you think it'll be good? Bad? That's going to be all dependent on the story. Mm. Yeah. You mean how the question of the title works? Yeah. I, guess. I mean, you, you can yeah. have great gameplay and great gameplay mechanics, but if your mm-hmm. story is terrible, the game is going <laughs> to suffer from it. Mm. The one thing I want to know, and I should probably ask my mate Barry, who's like a big DC comic book reader, have they done a story on this in the comic book, and how did that go? I'm um, sure they have at some point, because there's... There's so few stories that they haven't done. Right, because there's been so many DC comics. As some, um, mm. mm-hmm. Sorry, go on. What was you saying? 
I was just trying to think about. I mean, you think about the fact that Suicide Squad exists. It's not like they came up with that last year for the first movie. That's been sure. that's been a yeah. comic for a while. So I'm sure at some point something like that's happened. Mm. It's just with that. I can't get that scene out of my head of Flash being like, "Oh, I might as well mail this bullet to you." And it's like, Flash could probably kill all of you like right there and then. So what? Yeah. What are they supposed to do? And then there's Superman as well, who could also kill them on his own. And Wonder Woman, who could also kill all of them on her own. Um, the only thing I've seen that would explain that, um, and if you get the chance, I would definitely watch it. The Young Justice series. Uh, over here in the States, it's on HBO Max. I don't know where you would access it in the UK. But towards the end of the first season, most of the main characters get mind-controlled. Okay. And they actually brought that up as the younger heroes were trying to fight. And somebody says they could have easily killed us a thousand times already. And then somebody said, no, they're being controlled by somebody who doesn't understand or know their powers. And that's the only thing giving us a chance. Mm -hmm. And based off of the trailers and the leaks that we've seen, there is some sort of mind control going on. So if they explained it like that, that might put it into the realm of more possibility. Hmm. If it's the case, because I know there's a whole Brainiac with Superman thing. If that's the answer to all the Justice League characters, I think that will be very disappointing. It'd be a bit of a weak sauce of, writing, of just, but it would make oh, the most all sense. You have to, all you have to do is take out, not the just, you don't kill the Justice League, you take out the person that's controlling them, because then that's not really doing what the title is saying, that's not really the same thing. So, yeah. But anyway, we'll see how it goes <clears throat> once we get more information. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, anyway, for you, what, what do you think is going to uh, your most anticipated game this year and what do you think is going to uh, not do so well? If it comes out this year, State of Decay 3. Mm -hmm. uh, we got an announcement trailer a couple years ago. It's been fairly dark since outside of some of the stuff we've gotten from the developers who are still doing big updates for State of Decay 2. Um, there's rumors that it'll come out this year towards you know end of year, you know Q3, Q4. If it does, then that'll definitely be on my, you know, the second it comes out, I'm playing list. Mm -hmm. um, not really much in the way of games, and I actually found a Game Informer list of upcoming games. Uh, nothing really confirmed for this year that I'm anticipating for. Um, as for flops, it kind of boils down to one more than likely and one possibly. Uh, the one possibly would be Starfield. Just because yeah. that yeah. might be coming out too early. And this does have a release date of November 11th for this year. Um, so just just because it, it might be coming out too early in an attempt to uh, get the egg off its face from Bethesda with the uh, Fallout 76 mm -hmm. uh, launch. And we're, what, two and a half, three years into that game and it's barely in a playable state now? Yeah, yeah. So, um, the more than likely one that's going to flop is Saints Row reboot, just because you know rebooting a franchise and completely changing all the main characters that always works and that always goes over really really well. Mhm. Mm yeah, I I don't really know enough about Saints Row's history to comment on that particularly. I I played like the first one I think. And I was like, okay, this is just a bad GTA clone, and I'm going to switch it off. 
Well, so, it is kind of a bad GTA clone. A bad but it's slapstick, also, silly um, GTA clone at that. Yeah, as well. slapstick. It doesn't take itself seriously. There's a beat drop gun where you shoot music at people and makes them dance to death. Um, so it's it's very not taking itself seriously. Um, so Fortnite. Yeah, basically you, you can do that in Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then you know the, you've got these established characters that you've played through one, two, three, and four. And it's just like. Nope, let's make everybody edgy and 20 and change everything about them because that won't piss off the fans. Mm, yeah. So, uh, but again, I don't know enough about Saints Row's history to to uh, comment on that part. Uh, what was the other thing? I do have a couple of question marks about God of War as well. Um, there's a few things I saw about like the animations are a bit similar to the first game. So I do have some question marks about that. I don't think that game's going to like flop or, or whatever i've just uh within my own expectations of that game things like animations and stuff and evolving the gameplay i have some question marks about that um horizon i don't if they wanna... try to make that on oh, if oh, they try wait, to force wait. that game on ps4 then i think it won't do as well as if they just try to make it a ps5 exclusive yeah yeah i think with with horizon I, i'm not gonna make any new comments until i see that that video but i had some not not the same question marks, but I wanted to see, to see how it would uh, evolve itself. But I guess there's a there's a 12 minute new video out that I will try to remember to talk about next week, and uh, we'll get some updates for that. So uh, that's all of that. Uh, yeah, games I'm looking for. Other games I'm looking forward to this year. Um, well, the games I'm currently playing, obviously, try out some more Demon Souls. Uh, try to get back to some Returnal later. Um, got uh dying light 2 coming out next week got horizon coming out soon things like hogwarts legacy suicide squad kill justice league um that uh what's it called arkham knight uh what the other games that are coming out this year god of war um curious about gran turismo 7 so there's, there's a few things in the early parts of uh 2022 i'm looking forward to as well the, the next two big ones are probably dying light 2 which is next friday and then uh, Horizon, which is 18th, I think, of uh, February. Um, Colin Moriarty on Sacred Symbols said that's the same day that the Uncharted film comes out. So that's that's interesting that they decided to do that. Um, release a game and a film on the same day. But hey, it's a Sony day, so I suppose there's that. Um, Alright, that's everything we've got for you this for this week. If you would like to write into the show, let us know what you think of everything that we've mentioned, or if you want to talk about the games you've been playing, etc, etc. If you'd like to write in, basically, uh, you can do so. Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org. Twitter, eTalkUK. There's a contact page and information in your show notes. If you're listening on the website version of the episode, you can scroll down a little bit. There's a big email box. You can put your email and your message in there that'll get sent to me as well there's also a clickable email name that you can use as well to send us a message uh, if you want to support what we're doing here on entertainment talk if you like what you've heard today and you want to support more of it there's lots of options for you you can simply just listen to more of what we've done you can find all of our podcasts on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms by searching for entertainment talk uh, so for tv video games films and Manchester United podcast. Uh, Entertainment Talk is doing very, very well in these last couple of months. Great end of 2021. Really good start to 2022. And I will talk about that next month in the chat podcast because it's too late in the month to do one now. So uh, look out for all of that. Uh, you can also just, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, look at, uh, you can also use uh, word of mouth and social media. Uh, let other people know about what we're doing and where they can find it, either just by telling them where we are and what we do or by using social media, etc. 
to uh, spread the word of mouth around about what we do and where people can find it. Patreon, $1, $3 level tiers, ad-free podcast review options. You can take a look at that as well if you'd like to. And as I mentioned earlier, the Geek Town episodes, uh, geektown.co.uk and Geek Town Radio for all your TV and your film news. Uh, you can find Geek Town Radio on Tuesdays. Today's episode is out, so go and check that one out as well. Geektown.co.uk, Geek Town Radio on your favourite podcast platforms. Bex is streaming basically daily over on Twitch, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, go and give her a follow over there. You can also follow me on Twitch as well, E-Talk UK. Uh, the Pez Coach Mode streams will be back this week on Thursday, so look out for that if you want to keep up to date with all of that. Twitch, E-Talk UK, uh, you can follow our streams over there. I'm going to try and maybe stream some Demon Souls as well, I had a couple of... Uh, cool moments that were happening so i'm uh, gonna try and stream some of that but just follow us follow us on twitch etalk uk and don't be. forget uh, if you want to talk with other fans of etalk uh the discord server is up and is starting to get fleshed out a little bit it is yes thank you for uh, for reminding me of that if you want to find it's annoying really with discord because you have to put out a fresh link once a week i don't like that at all um like you, so if I promote the Discord thing and somebody finds that link a week later, it's too old. It's very strange the way that that's done. Uh, but if you follow us on Twitter, actually, which is eTalkUK on Twitter, I do uh, daily sort of promotion tweets, and part of that is included with our Discord link. So if you find that tweet within those, uh, or just message us in the different ways that we've mentioned, and I can send you a Discord link. Uh, it's getting a few people. Some people have sort of left or whatever, but there's a few people that have kind of joined. I'm trying to. I'm, what I'm trying to do there is I'm trying to build up the server before I start putting things in it so that once people are in there I can go here's everything because I have a lot of ideas of what I want to do with it but I want people to be in there first before I start doing some of those things. Yeah, so, it's, uh, it's kind of the paradox. We need to get people in it to make it useful but until we make it useful people aren't going to get in it. Yeah, yeah. So um, hey, we're, we're trying to see what we can do with it. So um, look out for all of that. That's for the Discord stuff uh, which is all free and everything that you can join. Uh, so have a look out for that. Uh, yeah, so Twitch, eTalkUK, Discord, Twitter, eTalkUK. Just search for Entertainment Talk. You'll find pretty much what you need for all of that. And if you miss any of our Twitch streams and you want to find them archived later and any of our uh, COD clips that I do, they're sort of like up to a minute of like a cool moment in uh, the COD online stuff that I'm doing. You can find all that stuff on YouTube, Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks very much for listening and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.